Hello and welcome into a new edition of the, of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. I am your host, TJ McBride of MileHighSports.com. That is where you can find all of our Nuggets content under MileHighSports.com. Just click the Nuggets icon in the top right corner. I have a special guest, a special guest that is always here, so not quite as special, I guess, anymore, but Brendan Vogt is here. When do I just get, like, friend of the show? I, I called that last time, and you made fun of me for oh, it. So like, you, gotta, you gotta pick a side here, friend my friend. Friend in real life. <laughs> friend in real life. Um, we are actually sitting above 8th Avenue in Manhattan right now. The Nuggets just finished up beating the life out of the Knicks, and it was an interesting game because the Nuggets played, what, like a C effort in this game, maybe? Yeah, and. Good. They really just kind of wiped the floor with them whenever they just turned it up a little bit. So the Nuggets ended up walking away. Was it 111 to 93 tonight was the final score? Um, overall, it was good to see the Nuggets get another road win. They're now 19 and 17 on the road. Um, Nikola Jokic was effortlessly good in this game again. Just ridiculous numbers. Gary Harris started looking better again. Um, Denver did shoot terribly in this game, but they brought their defense with them, and they did not turn the ball over on the road. We're going to get into all of those things, including Emmanuel Moutier's return to play against the Denver Nuggets after this quick word from our sponsors. Before we get into the rest of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast, let me give you one quick word from our sponsors over at Terrapin Care Station. Since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with high-quality cannabis products at everyday low prices. Serving the communities of Denver, Boulder, and Aurora, they offer their own flower and concentrates, as well as all the brands you love at prices that you just won't believe. They pride themselves in having the most knowledgeable and professional staff in the industry, and their team will work with you one-on-one to help you find the products that are perfect for you. Their dispensaries are unassuming, safe, and discreet with ample parking at every location for a seamless retail experience. For up-to-date menus and promotions, head over to www.terrapincarestation.com or just come visit one of their five convenient Colorado locations today. Again, that is terrapincarestation.com, T-E-R-R-A-P-I-N, carestation.com. So let's just dive on into this podcast real quick because there's an interesting amount of things to take away from this game. Um, what, what was your first takeaway, Brendan? My biggest thing, actually, I was just thinking about this now as you, you just said that point about the way they wiped the floor with New York despite the effort being low uh, or poor, rather. That is an interesting evolution of the problem, the proverbial problem from last year to this season for this Nuggets team. Last year, it was inconsistency game to game. They'd go and they'd beat a team like Boston, and then they'd go and they'd lose to a team like Memphis. Well, now there's a new baseline for this team. They're too good. They actually yeah. they actually are too good to lose games like this one. And so the, the problem now is not inconsistency game to game. It's, cons- it's consistency within a game. So when you have a, a team like New York, who the Nuggets are better than, so much so that, that they know it, that they're capable of sleepwalking through it, sometimes this team will. Yeah. And that's something that I think we heard Malone talk about in his post-game comments tonight. It's something he's trying to wring out of them as the playoffs approach. But it's also something you have to approach delicately because on one hand, look, we got to get this right. we got to be playing our best basketball. It's the, the playoffs are coming. On the other, it's March 22nd. It's the Knicks, and you got to win. And it has a back-to-back on top it, of that. Right. So you take the win, right? Mm-hmm. And, but, but if you are going to take a process sort of perspective on this— it is, it is interesting how they, they can and they do take possessions and quarters off. I don't think they will against better teams, 
but you can't afford to in the playoffs. Yeah, and to come out and be up 26-9 to in the first quarter, and then to start the second quarter by giving up an 11-2 to run, that's what we're talking about. There is absolutely no real logical reason why Denver should ever allow a team as bad as this New York Knicks team to go on an 11-2 run against them and make this a, like, you know, a two-possession game like it was at one point. That is just not okay, in my opinion, because this Nuggets team has much, much, much bigger aspirations than where they are currently at. And the only way they're going to get there is if they consistently be as good as they can be. And tonight, there was, what, three or four moments where they just completely stopped. They just did not really care about what was happening around them. They just felt like they could walk their way to a win no matter what. Which they did. Which they did, right? Yes, and handedly, 18 points. But the point within this context, the concern was not ever actually the result. The concern is you can't take this approach against better teams. Now it's worth, again, it's worth pointing out, they probably won't because they do view the Knicks like the Knicks. And they won't view Houston that way. But they have to know that, like, every single possession matters. And so that's that's just something to keep an eye on, I think. Yeah, definitely. And I go back to, like the, like, the Clippers game. Because the Clippers are a team that's better than the Knicks. And they still just let the Clippers hang around and then decided to just eviscerate them in the second half. And it's just like... what. Like, if they even get three quarters of this, not just two, not just one, but three, they're going to be dominant again to where like teams do not want to play this Nuggets team. And that's that's why this is important because, like, okay, they, they were good. They, they, they won by 20 tonight against the Knicks, yeah. but it wasn't a blowout because they are good at maintaining leads, at holding on to leads, at winning basketball games. They're not very good at blowing teams out, Denver. Yeah. Um, they and they should be because they, they're such a high-powered team. They should be right. able to do this. But sometimes when they come out and the starters light it up in their first stint, they're lackluster in their second or vice versa, right? Or yeah. they, they just can't put four consistent quarters together of their best basketball. Yes. And it's a good thing that they're winning despite that. But you, you'd want to know, okay, I, maybe we won't ever know what this team's ceiling looks like, but I want to know what their ceiling in terms of effort looks like. I want to see yeah. four quarters of every possession matters to us. Because uh, they're not Golden State. They haven't earned the right to just sort of walk, sleepwalk through certain games. So let me ask you this. Denver shot awfully tonight. Like, this was this is not... like Started out hot. Yeah, then... they started out very hot in the first quarter, but they ended up 41.7% from the field, just a hair under 40% from three, and they just weren't able to hit shots. Will Barton, 4 of 13 from the field. Paul Millsap, 3 of 12 from the field. Nikola Jokic, 8 of 20 from the field. Like, all of these guys were really struggling. Malik Beasley, 2 of 10 from the field tonight. Their best shooters just couldn't hit anything. And I wonder if our perception may be slightly skewed because of how bad they shot in this game, not because maybe the effort wasn't as bad as we think it may have been just because of how bad the shots were. To me, it was effort, though. Like, and I that's, agree, that's yeah. anecdotal eye test stuff, but that's not like, look at the box score or the scores or the runs. It's like, no, look, there were moments where Nikola Jokic looked like he was like looking at his shoes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, can't say I blame him, but they... they they hardly felt like a team that was like, you know, chopping at the bit to play basketball tonight. They were kind of looking like they were just ready to get this over with. Yes. Uh, let's talk about Nikola Jokic, who you just brought up. Only played three quarters in this game, played 28 total minutes, somehow managed to get 21 points, 17 rebounds, and five assists while missing 12 of his 20 shots. That is absurd. Like, I don't know how Nikola Jokic just does this. Like, you'll just look down, and all of a sudden he's got 18 rebounds, and you're like, wait. How? When? Like, it's just so surprising to me sometimes. Well, in this case, though, the answer is that DeAndre Jordan doesn't care anymore. DeAndre Jordan could not care less about basketball. And he just loves his paycheck. That's what this looks like now. And name three other Knicks bigs. So, well, Kevin Knox is not really a big, even though he's supposed to be a big. 
Then they had whatever happened to Noah Vonley. He just didn't didn't play tonight. Um, and then on top of that, you have guys like Mitchell Robinson, who was actually pretty good in this game. Um, Henry Ellenson, who's trash. But, but like, who's the guy that cards Jokic? <laughs> well, the guy that guarded Jokic was DeAndre Jordan, and, and then Mario Hazonia randomly too. It just did not work well. Well, Mario Hazonia thinks he's the best player in the league. He really you does. You really can tell by the way he plays. It's, it's, it's hysterical. It's um, yeah, no, I mean that. So in this case, it was uh, low effort was was met by even lower effort. Um, <laughs> but that's that's look, man. I'm not Jokic is is not the most dominant player in the NBA or any anything like that. But he dominates in a way that I'm not sure anyone else does. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you can even when the number like some there are games like this where you go, oh, okay, what did you get from Jokic? And then you check the box score and you realize he had a great game. Yeah. But there are other games where even if the box score is pedestrian, those who watch the game know actually he dominated the whole time. Yeah. And it's just it's it's not in this 35, 40 point kind of way. Um, and it, it's what makes him, you know, so freaking interesting. He would have had a triple-double tonight in three quarters if they would have made shots. He created so many open shots offensively, especially in the, in the first quarter. He set up Paul Millsap for four basically wide-open shots just to start the game. You know, in the first quarter, I thought they were really playing Jokic ball. The ball was, it was moving. Perfect. Guys, yeah. the off-ball movement was good. Um, there was 10 minutes of, like, really good basketball. And then they were up 24. And like Malone said after the game, <laughs> um, you know, you get up 24, you realize you're up 24, and you forget about all the things you did to get there. Mm-hmm. You're just trying to get some some cool shots off. So, But, yeah, Nikola Jokic was fantastic tonight. Uh, it's hard to have any problem with this game. The other player, as we stick <coughs> on the positives for now, Gary Harris looked very, very good tonight. This was one of the first games, in my opinion, that Gary Harris looked like vintage Gary Harris on both ends. Yeah. He was 5 of 8 from the field, 4 of 5 from 3, 14 hyper-efficient points. Five rebounds, two steals, plus fourteen on the night. Yeah. That is a Gary Harris stat line. And I thought um, last box score is pretty deceiving because his second half was rough. Yeah. But in the first half, he looked like real Gary again mm-hmm. as well, vintage Gary, as you said tonight. So I think there are signs there that he's finding his rhythm. I don't know if he's ever, as far as this season goes. I don't know if we'll see. I don't think we'll see fully healthy last Gary season's Harris. Gary. Yeah, but. We're getting a better version, and or he's getting healthier, and we're um, not even healthy, man. He's just—I think he's getting into rhythm. a rhythm. Yeah, he's getting rhythm. his legs back under him. It takes time to get back from injury that long and actually and get your legs back. There's two things. We're still waiting on the jumper, and mm-hmm. even in these last two games, it's at like it. You know, the jumper—he was good tonight, but um, he was the only one that was, was good the only tonight. One that was good tonight. So that was why that was encouraging. But the other two things that are signs of a vintage Gary are when he turns the corner. And he just looks to to clear a path with his shoulders and score at the yeah. rim, uh, no hesitation, right? Um, and then also defense. Like Gary is the clutchest defender on the team. Yeah, like he'll poke a ball loose when they need a stop. Yeah. He'll do it without fouling. And I think we've seen some of that from Gary again lately. I tweeted this tonight where I think he's going to pick up the mantle uh, that Danny Green currently has of best transition defender in the NBA. Mm. Like there were multiple times tonight where like they start a break and Gary swipes and the break is done or he'll get a block in transition or he'll just at least wall a guy off to end the transition opportunity and force him to execute in the half court. He is so good on the fringes. That's where I think Gary Harris is at his best is that he impacts the game in ways you don't see but are so hyper important to what happens um, throughout the course of the game to get to a winning conclusion. So I did think it was great to see Gary Harris back. And even better, only played 25 minutes tonight because because they, he only played three quarters. Right. To get these guys rest was big. The, star, the, the starter that played the most minutes was Jamal Murray at 33. Nobody else played Who over played, 31. He played nine in the fourth. Were you, that was, was that interesting too. And it was funny because like he got Mitchell Robinson like rolled into the back of his leg at that. like 
eight-minute mark, and he kept him and in. And Malone called the timeout, and I thought for sure too. he was going to I turned to Nick Hosman out of the Athletic, and I was like, oh, here we go. Time for the bench. We what can't do, do this anymore. What do you think that's about? Because that can't have been, we got to make sure we win this game. I think it was a Jamal thing. That's I think it was I, Jamal yeah. has been struggling. Jamal has put a ton of pressure on himself, which Malone actually opened up about tonight. He said that Jamal Murray has been putting an immense amount of pressure on himself. That's clear. And I think that he really wanted to continue to play through his struggles. I think he wanted to shoot himself out of the slump when it was garbage time. Yeah. And I get that. But at the same time, the playoffs are coming, and you cannot lose Jamal Murray to an injury. The guy who has been through, what, six different injuries this year? Yeah. Like, you just can't do that, in my opinion. But I am not an NBA head coach, and I will never be, because I am not as smart as NBA head coaches. No, it was so just, it is what it, it is. It was noteworthy and interesting that he was in there. And, and yeah, I saw that same thing you did when he got balls. It's like, oh, no. Like, don't take, do not take knees out. Um, we already talked about Denver shooting terribly. I don't want to keep going into that. They were just awful shooting. Um, one thing that they did do extremely well tonight was rebound. 62 rebounds tonight. I, th- this is one where I will say, like... Okay. I understand, like, the, the matchups were the rough Knicks. here. Yeah. The Knicks. I mean, who... Like, the rebounding was... It was awful. They were just inhaling rebounds, as Chris Marlowe loves me saying now, apparently. That's right. You got that TV show. He out. even told me today before the game, too. He was like, I liked inhaling. Man, you know, I love Chris Marlowe. I just imagined him with the emoji sunglasses on all the time now. That's right. Um, but, yes, yeah, 17 offensive rebounds, which were huge. Paul Millsap had five alone. Nikola Jokic had four. Mason Plumlee had three. When your front court goes out there and gets you 12 offensive rebounds, that's a very, very, very yeah, good Yeah, Nuggets were, are a good rebounding team. And I think tonight, I mean, I haven't checked the numbers since halftime, but they were well on their way to a decided second chance point advantage yeah um, which you know look when you're a superior team and you're winning the, the effort plays and the second chance stuff um you're, you're gonna win you're gonna yeah. win by a lot and i would look up the fast break points and second chance points but i don't care about after a knicks win to look that up right yeah. now um only eight turnovers and very, very good defense in this game. Michael Malone has talked about multiple times how to win on the road, what needs to happen for Denver to win on the road, and he says, don't turn the ball over, play good defense. They did literally only those two things tonight well, and they just, and they won this game handily because of it, in my opinion. Yeah, zero turnovers and nine assists in the first quarter, so that was zero Jeez. turnovers despite the ball really popping as much yeah. as it did all game, so... Um, look, I mean, <laughs> they had eight turnovers. If the night. Nuggets are going to be passing the ball that much, moving the ball that much, and not turning it over, um, they're going to be really they're dangerous. A dangerous team. Yeah. Yeah. And then on top of that, they hold the Knicks to thirty-seven point eight percent from the field and only ninety shots. Uh, Nine of thirty-two from three for twenty-eight percent, and then twenty-one free throws. But still, overall, just a phenomenal defensive showing from this Denver Nuggets team. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. yeah, I thought that's what I was going to say. I mean, again. The Knicks, uh, context is important, but they the defensive effort was really good tonight. Like Knicks, Knicks being bad notwithstanding, Denver was flying around, um, um, doing the right things, multiple effort, communicating. So that that was something Malone was was really was pleased with after the game. Yeah. Um, was that effort defensively, which, by the way, since the All-Star break, has been really good. They're fourth in defensive ratings since the All-Star break. Wild. They've it's been cool. really good. Yeah. And now, they, after tonight, they jump back in the top 10 for defensive rating over the season. Right. So we're now 71 games in, and Denver is a top 10 defense. If you would have told me that a year ago to today, I would have laughed you out of the room. They have improved so much on that end of the floor. It just seems like there's been a little whack-a-mole, though, with, like, the offense is good, but the D is yeah, the D is good, good, but the offense. And that's part of the consistency thing is hey hey can we get one game where it's four quarters of good on both sides um sounds like we're complaining for a team that's that has that just won by wins. 18 has 49 and, and, wins and now yeah we are we are we're nitpicking because but this is a playoff team now well yeah are different. they're it's capable of, of much more but that it's going to take that consistency and um 
you know, we're, you're going to want to... It's so awesome that they can fight and they can grind and they have magic and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you just like to see them steamroll on both ends of the yeah, floor. because they could have won by 40 tonight. Full-blown, yeah. full-stop. They should have probably won by 30 points tonight. Yeah. Um, last thing, did you... What did you think of Emmanuel Moutier tonight? Um, I hadn't seen him live like this in a while, I felt he like. He was good, but that's like sort of... Uh, my thing with Moutier is sometimes I feel like the games in which he's good better highlight his deficiencies because yes. it's like, yeah. like I love that it's like, eloquently perfect that's about as well perfect. as he's gonna play and it didn't help his team at all no um, and, and it's just still a guy I think that that he sees an angle to, to beat someone with the first step and a light bulb goes off over his head like oh I can drive and I don't think steps 2, 3, and 4 have always <laughs> been thought out yeah. um, and this game at point guard positions about not just reading um, but manipulating, dictating, and Moody A just kind of reacts out there. Yeah. So good for him to get 21, but it wasn't the kind of 21 that makes you go, oh, we traded this guy, huh? Yeah, that's the thing, is that this is the most typical Moody A line. 21 points on 21 shots, which is massively inefficient. Seven rebounds, which, cool, whatever. You're a big guard, congratulations. Four, only four assists against three turnovers. That is, like, the stereotypical Moody A line. And on top of that... They were a minus 15 with him on the floor. Their bench unit, like Frank Tilakina played 25 minutes, was a net positive. Or just like a, was just net. He was just a, a zero. He's a plus minus zero. In yeah, a game, also, they got beaten up by also, 18. Count how many times you were you realized that Frank Tilakina was on the court. Tonight. I did. I thought his defense was phenomenal on Jamal. Right, right, right. I, I stand corrected. Um, but also, you know, whatever. It's a 25 minute from Frank Tilakina in his first game back in a useless game. But did you have anything else you wanted to say about this game before we get out of here? No. <laughs> Can we please go home? Yeah, yeah. let's go home. All right, we're going to go enjoy New York and not be working anymore. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll have another podcast up shortly. We will talk to you guys Denver later. Stiffs.com. Oh, yeah, that's where you work. DenverStiffs.com. I switched the family to Boost Mobile and we got so much more. Like what? Well, we got four free LG Stylo 5 phones, four lines for just $25 per line per month. I smashed up the car and unlimited gigs. Wait, did you say you smashed up the car? Yes, it's completely smashed. But four free phones. Switch to Boost and get four lines for just $25 per line per month. Four free phones with unlimited gigs, all on our super reliable, super fast nationwide network. Boost Mobile, the switch that gives you more. Terms and conditions apply. New customers only. Visit BoostMobile.com for details.